minus three with Dave Damashek. Hi and hello sports fans. Welcome to a new episode of Minus Three. It's an auspicious one. Lots of news going on in pro football. Sadly, too much off the field stuff between Deshaun Watson and the Miami Dolphins going on. But also some football to talk about as we're, what, a month or a little bit more away from pro football, college football. We're inside of a month for that one. Eddie Spaghetti there behind the glass. Very excited because one of our favorite guests here coming up in just a second, Chris Long. Right, Eddie Spaghetti? It's one of my favorite guests we've ever had on. Um, Love everything Chris has to say. This is going to be an awesome episode. All right, and muzzle tough to you, Aaron Judge, 43. I think he's going to transcend the 60 with ease. So muzzle tub to you, and uh, let's, you know what, let's get right into it on, like I say, what's proving to be a big news day. Let's get the thoughts of one Chris Long. But first, a quick break. All right, here he is, everybody. You know him as the Shecky Award winner. He won a couple of Lombardi trophies, one with Brady and then one immediately after against Brady. And, of course, he is the figurehead, the main man over there at Greenlight doing gangbuster stuff in audio podcasts, breaking it all out into video and otherwise. My guy Michael Bennett, a recent guest, and Lovey Smith as well. To keep, listen, all things pro football and, more importantly, the game of life tackled by... Our guy, Chris Long. What's the poop, fella? How are you? What's the word, Dave? I mean, I appreciate the kind introduction. Uh, it's fun to to start, like, uh, overreacting to everything in training camp. Mm. Like, that's, that's a fun time of year, isn't it? We're having a good time. It's crazy, the amnesia. That's what it, it all hinges on exactly that. Like, that you must erase everything you've seen in every August up to this point. To yes. to find it uh, to find it compelling, like I hear I hear the backup threw some good balls there today. Yeah. But like, who gives a shit what happened in the in on the seventh day of practice? And they have those weird helmet things on now, those padded guardian helmets. Oh yeah, those things at bubble wrap, dude. I I texted one of my old trainers. I was like, man, if I would have had that, you know, I'd still be playing. Is that true? You think no, like that? You, no, so you would have welcomed wearing wearing that thing? I would have. I would have. I would have made a mockery of it. I would have. Did you see Jason <laughs> Kelsey running around? He put bubble wrap for real on his helmet at training camp <laughs> to be a wise ass. I mean, dude, there was a point in my career where I looked up and I still had the foam helmet, like you know, like that's like it has like asbestos under the the white stuff. You know, it's like fucking old oh, school. Yeah. Stuff. And everybody had all these new helmets and. You know, these helmets are changing so much every year. I kind of wonder where, where we're going with this thing. There's no way to make it safe, but I totally appreciate them trying. Who was, well, we'll get into the Dolphins. And finally, I mean, the the, the league, ha, I've been begging for more than a decade since the Dolphins took the helmet off of the Dolphins logo, that in an age of alleged player safety being the chief concern and everything else, the Miami Dolphins take the helmet off of their dolphin playing, their football playing dolphin. That's true. They, you know, I'm glad. So, so the hammer is dropped on Stephen Ross's collective. <laughs> I want to get into that, but la- I want to talk some uniforms. Maybe we'll squeeze in some music talk. Chris, let's Long do it, the, dude. Let's, but 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 well, I, I want to let's let's talk a little bit of pro football here. Let's do it and start it off with. Until the Miami Dolphins news breaks, the Deshaun Watson story is the big yeah. one of the week. And so you're a guy on the Cleveland Browns, let's say. What is it like in the locker room right now? 
Do you talk to Deshaun Watson? And if so, like, what do you, what are you saying to him right now? All right. So first off, I, you know, like not to use the word precedent, cause that's a dirty word right now. I'm not a big fan of that word, uh, as we speak, but, uh, there's no precedent for this. Like for me, I've never played with a guy that had this kind of scrutiny, you know, like, uh, for doing something wrong, you know, like he's been accused of, of having done with, you know, with so many women, um, Hold on, sneezing. Excuse me. Yeah, the tree pollen is terrible right now. But um, so I didn't bless you. You'll notice because I'm not. I'm not going to abide by society's rules that I have to say bless you. You know why people say bless you, Chris Long? Why your heart stops right now? Well, I. It's because it, it depends on where what your source is, but it's either that the devil is in you oh, yeah, yeah. and and so you're god bless you get get out or the sneeze just purged the devil and it's like god bless you you did it you're on Listen. the right side again i'm not gonna play ball with that jive come on it is pretty funny that some people and i would count myself in this group for like when somebody doesn't say bless you like what the fuck was that about you know, like it's yeah, just right. such a normal. Uh, you know what I'll do is I'll cut all the I'll, I'll cut the middleman out and I'll say bless me. Ha! Huh, interesting. Yeah. That's a yeah. that's a neat play. I I just like I'm not going to dance, but on the other hand, it comes at a cost. That yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah, people yeah. find me yeah. rude as a result. No, many. Well, I love what you're doing. I love what you're doing, Dave. I love what you're doing. But no, if I play with Deshaun, I probably wouldn't say much to him. Like, I, there's plenty of people that I haven't, you know, haven't talk to a bunch, uh, in NFL locker rooms. I probably wouldn't hmm. say much to them. I mean, like I, I probably get to know the situation a little bit better by being in the building, but how much really could there be? What details could there be that would, you know, exonerate him in my head? You know, I, I just, it is what it is. Um, I think it's disappointing. I mean, like it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, uh, you know, that it's only six games, especially, with the acknowledgement of all the wrongdoing and, you know, like drawing a line in the sand between what's sexual assault and what's violent. Um, you know, the fact that you actually have to, to hold this guy's hand and, and tell him he can't get a massage anywhere, but in the building ever again, like for the rest of his career, like that alone is an acknowledgement that this guy can't be trusted in this. Well, situation. that's what's weird. Right. I mean, like we've been talking about that for many months. It's anomalous for anybody, let alone the QB of the team, the, the face of the franchise and all that to be like, it assumes that, and it did assume until the league called him out on it, but like, you know, NFL teams pay for massage therapists in the yeah. building. You don't yeah. have to go off site. The behavior yeah. is so creepy well, on face and the people who danced around it, but it also, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. That his sort of vibe is what I keep pointing to as well. That like professional athletes reside on a different plane than the rest of us do. Like right. you can tell by his remarks. He's like, wait, what happened? Wait, you Deshaun, you can see he's like, what did I do wrong? It's like, it's informed by a human being who has behaved in, and played by a different set of rules than normal human beings have for at least the last decade of his life. Right? Like he's like, it, it was fine with a lot of the women I went to who, I, yeah. by the way, here's the other red flag. None of the people he booked off site were 57 year old uh, fat guys. They right. were they were all women. So. so the only thing I want to push back on is like I don't think that like there's any normalcy to his behavior. You know, like I and I know that's not what you're saying, but I, what I'm no. saying is like, you know, certainly pro athletes play on a different 
you know, playing field than like your regular Joe or whatever. And that is, that would, that would suggest that you wouldn't have trouble getting girls, you know, like there's plenty of standard ways to go pick up a, you know, a, a girl at a bar. Like, you know, there's so many standard ways to go out on, a, they have apps, they have profiles now that you, I sound like a boomer. But I'm, you know, no offense, like, I'm like, you can just swipe. You know, I'm seeing some of the younger guys. You on, kids with the swiping of the right. Yes, they just swipe. And I'm like, for you to go to all these links to, to you know, I, I think there's a problem there without like knowing, you know, you know, psychoanalyzing the guy. I just say this is far from normal. And, you know, to qualify, we did go outside the building to get massages. I went outside the building to get massages all the time because, you know, as you get older in the NFL and depending on how particular you are about your body work, like you need a lot of body work. Now, there's not enough hands to go around in an NFL facility, you know, especially in training camp. Look at right now. You know, there's 80 guys on the, on the team. They might have four. Uh, and I've struggled with the plural version of the word masseuse. Masseuses? Masseuses? Masai. It's not Masai. So, so they have like four massage therapists, right? Um and that's got to go around to 80 people on a team. Like it's hard to get enough time slots. You might also not like the way somebody does their body work. I had somebody flying from Seattle, uh, the tail end of my career on a weekly basis. I had an acupuncture hmm. fly in from up North every week for the back half of my, of, of, uh, of, of my career. You know, on Monday I was on the table for three hours on Tuesday. I was on the table for an hour and a half on Thursday. I was on the table on Friday night. I was on the table. Like, you're patching yourself back together. So it's totally normal to go outside the building. But if there were a bar graph of how many massage, you know, uh, therapists that somebody goes through an entire career on average in two years, Deshaun Watson's off the page, like well off the page, the number and the way that you go about soliciting uh, these massage therapists is like, you know, there's red flags everywhere. It's one of these things is like, I can't believe we're analyzing this. Right. Like you're it's like disgusting, right? Are we really talking ourselves like through this as if there's not some easy answer? And the easy answer for me is like, listen, there's a lot of smoke. There's at least one fire in there, and I know the whole innocent until proven guilty thing, but I'm also not a moron, and um, and I think that suspension was light, and I know I'm not the only one. Yeah, it's, it's I so I just don't know, you know, from a fan perspective, I try to let everybody off the hook and say it's you're, you're not responsible for the owner's decision and you have enough to worry about in your real world. These are characters. That's what I always tell people about yeah. teams that you root for and players. They're three-dimensional human beings who have lives when the games end and they leave the facility and they're they're allowed to do and think and behave how they want within the, the constraints of the law, of course. Um but, uh, but now he's got to go to Brookstone to get massages. Like he's got to go to sharper image and sit in the chair. Like sharper image needs to give him an endorsement deal. For yeah. One of those dude. chairs like, Hey, I'm Deshaun Watson. I used to, I used to go all over the place for a massage. Until I got one of these chairs. sweet chairs. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, like, <laughs> just to think that a, the face of a franchise, and we haven't even talked about Cleveland, the way they structured that contract and how the money was hit and all that stuff, but, like, the face of a franchise, you know, if he walks into Massage Envy, everybody's like, you're pulling the fire alarm, dude. Like, it's, it's, this is a problem. You you acknowledge it in the sentencing. You acknowledge it in, in the discovery. 
And uh, it's just, to me, the, the most ironic part about this is for so many years, we wanted Roger Goodall out of the picture. And now all eyes are on him again. And people are almost like, come on, Raj, like make this right. And, you know, that's a tough, tough deal because if he pops back in, there's going to be a lot of people that applaud him. And rightfully so, because if they pop back in, Dave, there's a lot they have to lose for popping back in and appealing this thing, because this is going to stay in the news cycle. It's going to cost them money. So if they pop back in, it's going to be for the right reasons, I would assume. And, uh, you know, I think the risk there for him is he might look a little autocratic and that's not what he wanted to look like at the first time, you know, we had one of these situations, but Sue Robinson was light. The roller coaster, the the uh, can of worms or whatever that he opened when he decreed when he first got in there and said, I am going to clean up player behavior, player conduct yeah. policy. And then the inconsistency of like, well, I'm going to give this guy this many games for, for doing that versus this guy. Like, and then it's always the it's all always Goldilocks, not severe enough from the media and from fans. Right. Too too light, and it's up and down. So now it's led to like I'm I'm completely out of it. Now everybody wants him to play savior on this thing, but I think he's already gotten what he wanted, which is, you know, the the leak that hey, I wanted a full season. I wanted. Yeah. A, you wanted That's not what they games. did. What do you want me to do now? Games, eight million dollars. But the fact that the guy's getting fined three hundred fifty thousand dollars like listen i'm not sitting here and, and and this is the way society works man like we people are not gonna trade the nfl over this like people are not gonna that's right put this product down over this like browns fans and you know a lot of people say it's an nfl problem and all this stuff well they're not the only league that people have gotten back to the court or the field after doing some fucked up shit um i'm not dismissing that but what I am saying is this is more than just an NFL problem. This is a societal problem. You know, um, we, we really have not stepped up for women like enough in general. And, you know, that the fact that like he went to practice yesterday and he's getting mobbed by fans, they, they don't work for the NFL. Those people are, are real human beings and they're, they're looking past it because he's one of the best quarterbacks on the planet. And that's the whole thing. If this was a third corner on a team, you'd never hear from him again. Even if he wasn't, even if it wasn't brought to trial in, in Houston, and it all ultimately cynical as it is, it all pivots off of that. We love football, and we love it even more than we love baseball or any other sport. You want yeah. to say, and the the leverage that Goodell and the owners and everybody else has over us is exactly that. Like we're we're gonna watch, and so the <laughs> the artifice of like, hey, we we wore pink wristbands. You know, yeah. for an, a whole month. What are you talking about? Yeah, we don't cool. care about women. Hey, listen, like, Dave. Half my half my income is 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 sports gambling. I can't stop. I can't stop watching football. You know, you're that good a gambler, huh? No, I'm not. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm with you. The creepiest. I mean, like it. I don't like my my resentment as a vain guy is Deshaun Watson putting. I, obviously, I'm I'm kidding. The the women is it, it's grotesque what he did, but yeah. I I got into this so I didn't have to talk about serious stuff. You know, yeah. I like to yeah, talk yeah. about football. And now we're talking about this creepy behavior, the creepiest group massage stuff. Remember real sex when women when they would go when when they'd go as couples and they would just be nude. I didn't watch field? it. I think I was a little bit young. Really? How he didn't yeah. allow it in the house? I didn't watch any TV after midnight. Were you allowed to watch smut? 
No, I wasn't allowed, but I did. I, it, I, mm-hmm. I just, real sex wasn't on that. It was mostly Skinamax. It was mostly like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a lot of plot, some kissing, you know, that sort of thing. Couple people I tell, I see, I tell, see, your generation, like my old man used to tell me about like, oh, you don't know what it was like without uh, TV. When I was a kid, we had radio. My, my generation to you is like, you don't know what it was like. We would have to watch Dream On where Brian Ben Ben would have sex for, for 21 seconds in a comedy environment. And that was it. And there was no DVR. There was no pausing. There was no rewinding. Yeah, and then. And then there was real, and then real, and, and then you had real sex, and yes. like these couples, like the, the hippie adjacent types, like every guy in the relationship, every one of them has a ponytail, no and question. the women are all entitled to their orgasm. The, pony like, ta- the ponytail is such a real thing, though. It's true. A lot is of nudity in fields. Oh, fields outside with instructors. Big board showing like the different types of vaginas. Like one is a wolf. Everything is like you're compared to to animals. Like some vaginas are a wolf. Some are an owl. And then then they lay down in a field. The win the the one woman. Like and they're all like a little bit old and they and they they don't know how it's to be real, free with their stuff. bodies. It's and real they, stuff. Yeah, and, and I remember the one, the the lady laying in the field and her husband and a bunch of strangers are all around her, like kind of massaging her, every part of her. And she's like, oh, oh, oh. And it was like, I'm never, whatever you're doing, I have no interest in for the next 20 years. It really repelled you from any interest in, in sex. Then I became a, then I became a, a, a Catholic priest. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not the right direction. Yeah, that's <laughs> that, that that's another can of worms. All oh, right. I didn't mean to make that joke. I no, just no, meant no, you I know became you celibate. You became celibate. All right, gambler. Let's talk just hardcore football here. Yeah. Cleveland Browns. Their total is nine and a half. You get a little bit of juice if you go over the nine and a half, up to plus one twenty-five. How say you? Is this a mess? Too big a mess? The schedule is easy as people point to for Jacoby Brissett. Maybe Josh Rosen, maybe Josh Dobbs until Watson gets in there. Or is it still a stay away because who knows the league may push back on this yet? Well, I'll tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to bet the over because then I have to root for the Browns. That's right. Good for you. And, you're, and you probably that's grandfathered in for you. But just with the, you know, it's going to be hard. Like, I don't want to root for Deshaun Watson when he gets back. I don't want to be sitting there, you know, with with uh, with with uh, a couple a couple chickens, um, you know, in the balance and I got to watch the Browns week 12 sweating out, you know, hoping that Deshaun Watson throws a touchdown pass. That's not what I want to do. In fact, with the upside on this suspension, you know, it could, it could, they could appeal it, right. It could go higher. Right. Uh, I, I would probably, I would hate bet the under. I, I that's fun. Yes. Morally. It's a good, mo- I, I like it. Get up on Mount Pius. I probably wouldn't bet it on the record. Like that's a stay away for me. I'm with you. Um, and uh, I, I'm into now the exactas. I forget what, what, one, two, three, four, the exact uh, finishing order. How do you see the a- AFC North going here? And I guess I bring it up because, one, it's interesting Bengals v. Ravens at the top and maybe Watson's Browns. But also, as a defensive guy, where do you come down on philosophically in, in the year of the Lord 2022? the Pittsburgh Steelers are based all around defense in a QB league. What's the wisdom of that? Is that a failing proposition? 
shoot. It's not a failing proposition, but it's an admission that you don't have a quarterback, right? Right. Yeah, you know, basically. I, I, it's kind of like, well, we're going to really lean on our defense this year. Like, well, what else is there to lean on? You're going to, like, fall over if you try to lean on QB. <laughs> now, I don't know. Pick it could be fun. Pick it could be fun. Like, I don't know. You, you've been watching Steelers camp. By the way, that uh, pick it to Pickens, is that is that – that could be is is that the kid's name, the wide receiver up there? Yeah, George Pickens. Pick six. Oh my we gotta God. do something good with that, right? I've decided he's good already. Yes. I decided three days into camp he's good. Isn't that great when when you know three days into camp if a draft pick is good, you know, even if you don't know for sure, you feel like you know. You know, know better than I do. I August, I tell everybody, you know, and no one wants to pay heed. August is a month long lie for your eyes. It is the it is a civil war reenactment. It only looks like it's a, a, a real got football you. game. Got you, got you. you know? Yeah, we're not really doing Antietam, but uh, yeah, like I guess uh, I guess if I had to if I had to say one big thing about the AFC North, I think it's that that Lamar is going to have a fantastic year. I, really I am think. with you about this. I think he's going to have such a great year, and you know what? I'm going to be really happy for him because. Here's like I know it's not you, it's in division for you and that sort of thing, but um, no, it, I'm a man of justice. I, I'm I'd just, be happy for him. He just got to be exhausting to be in that conversation all the time, even if some of it sometimes is, you know, sometimes we'll straw man the Lamar thing. You know, we'll 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 make up a bunch of slights on Lamar when most people love Lamar. Like most people are like, this guy's fucking electric. Um, but it's got to be exhausting to be a constant talking point. And, you know, with, with seeing these other guys getting paid and that sort of thing, with, in my opinion, not the best investment uh, being made around him all the time, uh, I'm really excited. Uh, and, I, and I think after last year, all the injuries that team went through late in the season, they're going to be closer. Uh, they're they're going to have that chip on their shoulder, which sometimes is, is a cliche, but I really think it's going to apply here. And I, I'm really curious to see how Joe Burrow and the Bengals handle success. Because they got the type of quarterback that can put them in that position for a decade, right? Um, but as a team, they have to be built for repeat success. They have to know how to handle, you know, a shorter offseason. They have to know how to handle perceived success getting all the way to the Super Bowl. They have to know how to handle kind of those expectations. Now they're the hunted, right? Two years ago, they were a four-win team. So I'm really interested to see that. And not to cop out. But I do think the division is going to come down to those two teams. Um, I agree with you, especially with the Deshaun Watson thing. But I'll say this about what's weird is, and I'm not accusing you of getting into cliches because that's exactly right. The, the the last 20 years prove out exactly what you're saying. You get to the Super Bowl and lose. The, the history suggests the following season ain't going to be great. Right. But it, may, it doesn't make sense. Like the, the Bengals are a fascinating case study this season because there's no reason they shouldn't be good. I mean, the, the, the flaws on the team yeah. have been fixed You uh, ostensibly. The offensive line was the weakness. They yep. added uh, some playmakers defensively on an already good defense. Like, what? there's no reason, I guess, injuries aside, no, they I, wouldn't succeed. I would say just the law of averages and the fact that, like, it's the it's that kind of – it's that, that thing you can't identify. Like, what's that team's personality? Right. Like a year doesn't tell you what a team's person that that specific team had a personality. But what's that franchise's personality like? What's what's their backbone like? You know, like I was in Philly and we we went and won a Super Bowl and that team had a great personality, but you couldn't keep the team together. 
And, you know, in 2018, we learned the hard way that, you know, we, we landed on our feet and ended up a couple games away, but like we learned the hard way that it ain't the fucking same, you know, like you can't just roll the ball back out there and just hope it happens again. Um, and the Bengals have that kind of, they had that meteoric rise last year. So, you know, are you going to have a, you know, kind of a, um, is the bell curve going to go the same way for a year? Um, or, or are you going to, you know, lean on that, that leadership of Joe Burrow, that all round really sound defense, the pass rush, uh, you know, that, that, that ball hawking that some of those guys do in the secondary. I mean, they're just a fun defense. They're like a very, they're, they're, they don't have any superstars, but they really do play good team defense. And then, you know, with Jamar Chase and the whole thing. But here's the thing that concerns me more than anything, Dave. Vegas tells me that they don't expect the Bengals to be back there. I'm with you. That number struck me. The, it was nine and a half, same as, I don't know. If, actually, I haven't checked it since the Browns finally had a number, their season total issued. But the Ravens and Bengals both had nine and a half as well. Um, that's weird. But I'm, I'm bullish on the Ravens this I'm season. Bull- yeah, bullish. I yes. remain skeptical until it's proven otherwise that that style of offense will work against high-end defenses two or three times to get to the Super Bowl for the Ravens. Yeah, that's-, that's the risk, right? You know, like uh, it's a different deal. Um, but when people have more time to prepare for it, you know, like you say going into, a, you know, a bye week or coming into a big I, – I do think um, it's a hard thing to do year after year. I'll just say that. Um. A uh, quick answer question here. You have to win one game. You, all you get to choose is the QB. You know, fate of the planet hangs in the balance. We're playing. I don't know who. I, who I don't know who would play on the other side of the planet. I don't. Know, Ted Cruz. I don't know. Um, somebody like that. I don't know. Uh, let's not get political. Um, yeah. Who's the quarterback? You don't get to choose the other roster or anybody else. Just the QB. Are you going with? Your two choices to save the planet, Matt Ryan or Carson Wentz. Well, I was going to say Josh Allen. No, 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 no. I'm not letting you choose one. Well, of the would that be, that, would be my, that would be my answer, right? Josh Allen would be your number one choice over the 45-year-old man who wants to be on the Dolphins, apparently. You'd right rather now, have Josh yeah. Allen than any other QB. Right now, one game. Yeah. Right now, really? yeah. Put Josh Allen on the field in 2019 in the rain against Ryan Tannehill and fucking run quarterback power. Okay. My point is Josh Allen, Josh Allen can do almost anything. So like, if I don't know what the team looks like, I don't know who I'm playing. I'm going to take the guy that could do the most stuff. And for me, that's Josh. I Allen. get it. Now out, of those, interesting. now out of, now out of Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz, I'm going with Matt Ryan. You are. Oh yeah. Because, Matt, because, because Matt Ryan's got a hell of a lot of experience and, and, and I don't think there's a big difference between at this stage in his career and Carson's stage in his career you know, especially after the injuries that Carson's kind of had, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't look the same. Now he could look better after this year. Maybe my answer would change, but you know, trotting out in 2022 in, in the, the situation that you, uh, that you described, I'm going with Matt Ryan for one game. Listen, I don't have to worry about tomorrow, dude, Matt Ryan, he's 40 years old. He have to worry about tomorrow. Just, Hey, vitamin T and let's go out and rip it. Dude, I got Matt Ryan, dude. He's been it would super- be funny. What if you get two 40-year-olds playing in the Super Bowl? And I don't think it's implausible that the Colts are going to be good this year. I like that, Matt Ryan. Two two bets to float to you, Chris Long. Yeah. One, Colts, best record in the AFC this year. 
um, get the one seed. That's a that's a good bet to make there because they're in the softest division in the mighty yep. AFC. Yep. One yep. and two, your guy Carson Wentz sits down sooner rather than later, and it becomes Sam Howell's team, and that benefits. Uh, the team in our nation's capital, Sam Howell out of UNC, maybe even wins Rookie of the Year. How say you? No, I'm going. I think Carson keeps the job. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, I really do. Like, I'm not saying he's going to be great, but I think he's going to be better this year. I mean, things just went south last year. How many fresh starts does he need? I don't know. We'll find out. This is the last one, and I, I think if there's any time that somebody's got to look in the mirror and be like, "Hey, listen, I got to fix a few things about the way things I'm, you know, the way I'm doing things." I think it's now. I think you could be – I've always said this. Carson Wentz is is, uh, is not a bad person, dude. You know, I think he gets made out to be this this really – but what he is, he's stubborn. And, you know, if you're stubborn and you're dealt a bad hand, you have some injuries, you got to watch the backup, win a Super Bowl, get a statue, all that stuff, like that hurts. You're a human being. I'm sure it does. Right? When you come back and you're not physically the same guy, um, you can build bad habits. You can press, and he's stubborn. And I think that's what reared its ugly head last year – and and uh, and listen, I think this year is a chance for him to kind of reset. This is last chance. Uh, I'll say he keeps his job. And then the first question was, uh, do you Colts bet? number one seed? Now, I think it's probably uh, it probably pay out pretty well. Right. Yeah, um, I, so, so I do. I do like the bet, but I. I like it for another reason, too. I think people are going to look at the AFC West as this like juggernaut division. I think they're going to knock each other off a lot. So when it comes to being the the the, the seed, right? That's what I'm talking about. It's not who's best. It's who's yeah. going to have the best record. The Titans weren't the best team, but they yeah. were in the softest division last year. I mean, you're, you're probably looking at the Bills or the Colts, right? To, you know, if you, you know, like uh, Colts plus eleven hundred. You can yeah, that's that a too. really good bet there, Dave. You're onto something there. I mean, I don't know what the numbers are on the Bills. I don't know. What well, the, the Bills are plus two eighty, and I, I mean, you know, no, no, it's not fun. No, indeed. Chargers. No. What are the Chargers looking like? I know that's kind of sexy at this point, but you know, we've been on the Chargers. Well, I, I'm sexy all the time because I'm always in on these Chargers. I love them. This is finally their year. Plus nine fifty to be the number one seed. Either my team to to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. But I have so I can't they, issue final the, predictions because we don't so know. Bet what the Chargers are. and bet the Colts and have fun. Right. That's right. All right, Miami Dolphins. Want to talk about them? Big news: Stephen Ross yeah. tampered. It's not the Brian Flores stuff that he told his head coach that the draft was more important than the upcoming season, which is ironic given his statement immediately after the league hands its suspension down to say what's most important is winning games right now, not anything else. So we've come full circle in the mind of Stephen Ross, but the Flores lawsuit and everything else uncovers that they were chasing just like just defying the rules. You're not allowed to be calling up Tom Brady and Don Yee who is also the agent of Sean Payton, who the Dolphins were also in touch with, trying to get them to come over in 2019 and last year in Sean Payton's case. How say you on this uh, on this mess and why, in the early returns at least, it's all about the Dolphins and everybody. Why is Tom Brady not getting more heat for this? This is crummy on his part, right? Or no? Am I missing oh, I something? Think Tom's, I think Tom's going to get some heat be, before, huh. you know, in the next 48, I would think. You know, because when you talk about tampering, it does take two to tango, right? Um, and, you well, know, that's Don Yee, right? So isn't, so isn't the common thread between these things Don Yee? Certainly, but Don Yee... What's his relationship to Tom Brady? 
I don't know. Is he is so? Do you think Brady saying to Ye, "Hey, get in touch with Peyton" because that would really make things sweet down in South Beach? I'm not positive, and I want to see what came out more. But if Brady is talking to the Dolphins while he's playing in 2019 in New England, I'm I'm understanding that correctly, right? It's yeah, early. That's, it's, that, it's, that's the story: is that he's talking to him while he's still on the while the the Dolphins are in touch with him while he's still on the Patriots, a division foe, no less. He's gonna get. He's gonna get heat for that and he should you know like i'm not afraid to say that i mean i've always been a big fan of tom brady but that's not a great look right i mean like you you do think about i'm not going to say you're never thinking about your next team when you know in certain situations but i was also a position player you know you know and i wasn't tom brady and like you know if you're going to lead a team and that sort of thing it's it's hard to imagine you know leading a team and then leaving the field and being like what's going on in miami you know it's it's jarring. I'm sure it's going to be jarring for a lot of Patriots fans. And I think, you know, the talking points are going to be interesting because, you know, um, nobody wants to criticize the GOAT, right? Um, but being real. No, that, that, no, but see, that's – it's funny. And I'm not – why well, I am comparing the two because they're both uh, current events right now. But the um, – no one wants to criticize. It's like – Deshaun Watson didn't have to do this given his stature in Houston, didn't have to behave in this way, which is what makes it creepy. But when, you know, people always say like, well, the police are, are, are looking to get guys like they, that. No, they aren't. They're, they're fans of these teams. They're more likely to let this stuff go. I think. Well, that Green Bay, not that Green Bay cop. No, well, right. I think that I, then you reach a certain position in life. I think it depends on the city to, as a sidebar. But yeah, hmm. yeah, well, maybe. Yeah, that's uh, maybe we should uh, debate that in another time. Louis but yeah, like I think in people Louis love County, to knock them off. I don't think the cops in St. Louis were like, Yo, "Those guys play at the Edward Jones, though." And we're gonna make sure. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there in years. <laughs> um, but go ahead. What's yeah. Sam Bradford really like? Tell, yeah. him, was, tell yeah. us everything. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do. But I think like people, you say people don't want to go after Brady. Maybe within the league, that's the bubble that he, that he is resides in. But I think the public at large, everybody public, wants to take down the, the person at the top of the mountain, right? The public can't wait. But, you know, the, also – you know, he's about to transition to being like one of our peers in the media. And like, you know, he's going to be a giant if he does that, like he is when he does anything else. And, you know, like Brady's a likable guy and Tom was a good teammate, you know. Um, do, do, do I think he could have in 2019, do I think he could have pulled it off and not his play didn't change? Like, yeah, I think he's capable of managing the tampering part of his day and the leading the New England Patriots part of his day. But at the very least, it, it doesn't look great because it, it like kind of it's kind of counter to everything that I think of Tom Brady as. Now, well, that's saying- exactly right. I, I've never heard. I've never met one person who's like, yeah, I play. I was there. He was kind of a jerk to me. No one ever. Yeah, like, oh, Tom as soon as you meet him, he chases you down the hallway to introduce himself and say, welcome to the team and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, you know, I'm also sitting here thinking, like, I'm not mad at him if I played on that team because I know that, like, I saw Tom Brady give everything he could to that team. Like, you know, like Tom Brady, nobody prepares harder than Tom Brady. Like, that's not a cliche. 
nobody cares more about winning. Nobody cares more about us. And I think it also speaks to this farce that like to be the greatest, you, you have to be like all in, in that moment. And like, you, you know, coaches are constantly looking for their next move. Like if I'm talking, you know, from every angle on this issue, like certainly you could look at it and say, fuck, that's disappointing, you know, <clears throat> but you could also look at it and say, well, oh, I guess, you know, I guess this really is a business, you know, you know, people are at their jobs all the time. I'm not trying to justify it. Cause you know, I, I don't love hearing that, but people are at their jobs all the time, you know, plotting their next move. And we always say when a player does a podcast, we're always the first ones to be like, Hey, that guy can do what he does, what he pleases in his free time. But it does complicate things because it's another NFL team. It feels a little like cheating. Right. And, uh, and I mean like cheating on your team a little bit. And then, and then on top of it, there's somebody in the division. So I do think he's going to get some heat for this. I do. But as we've seen with Tom in the past, it's nothing that he can't overcome by being great and charming and, and a good person, That's right. you know, because if he was an asshole or he was a bad teammate, I think a lot of guys would be coming out and saying like, what the fuck or whatever. But I do think there's, there's room for a little nuance here. Now, when it comes to Steven Ross, I don't trust the guy. <laughs> so I'm just going to say that uh, I believe everything that Brian Flores said at face value. Cause I love B flow. And I also don't trust Steven Ross. And then, uh, you know, like I, I also think the league has, has good reason to be like, look over here at the tampering, but let's not talk about this tanking stuff. You know, I agree with I agree with that. And what's further, what they didn't have to do was praise Brian Flores. The league statement didn't have to go as far as doing that. I think it kind of absolves any sort of heat going forward. That like, because you remember a few months ago, it was like, I don't know, if Brian Flores is ever going to get a head coaching gig. You can't uh, you can't sue the league like that and expect to have a flourishing career in a yeah. one of 32 jobs. But I think that this makes it okay. Now I think that this clears up the waters going forward now. Well, ho hopefully, but I, I'm not so sure it's that simple, just because like the league has put out statements saying like a couple years later, not to compare caps thing to be flows thing or anything, but like the, the leagues put out statements to say like, you know, we're, you know, Colin Kaepernick's great. Now it took him a long time and that sort of thing. But I do think there's, once a guy speaks the truth in the NFL, there is like this fear in the back of like coaches and executives minds. They're like, is he going to speak the truth when he gets here? Is he going to be like, uh, is he going to be righteous when he gets here? Like, is he going to, you know, everything Brian Flores said and all the stones he's turned over uh, as a player, I'm appreciative that he had the balls to say that because if somebody's out there, bribing you or attempting to bribe you to lose football games. I'm a guy that lost a ton of football games. That shit is painful. That stuff sticks with you. I'm a different person because of my time in St. Louis. Hmm. Like I'm fundamentally, I have a different personality and it's not for the better. And that sucks to so imagine guys are out there busting their ass. They have one shot at a career. The average career is three years long in the NFL, right? So this window's small and your earning potential is affected by how, how good your team is, the way you're perceived, you know, um, the quality of your life. You know, I know it's Miami, but it sucks to lose in the NFL. And so I feel really bad if that was the case. And it really pissed me off. And, you know, it, I, I do think the league, I'm not saying they, they swept anything under the rug. I'd have to look more at this stuff. It just broke. Um, but when it comes to tanking, 
like they stand to lose a lot more acknowledging that that was happening because of the integrity of the game, gambling, all that stuff, you know, uh, that could kill the business, right? Uh, tampering, uh, the other T word is not going to kill the business. I, I agree with you. And by the way, for the millionth time, I'll say it, the NFL is not a court of law. It, it, it is a business. And of course they're more concerned, the Calvin Ridley comparisons, but on face, it's easy to get up on Mount Pies and say like, wait, the guy bet a parlay and he's out for the full season and Deshaun Watson oh, yeah. did what he did. I mean, it's easy to say that. And so the pushback on that, but I do have to say, I, I've said it before. I'll say it again to you. I think you present as the ultimate teammate. I think that in the eye of the storm, Cal, uh, Colin Kaepernick, the league doesn't like it. You know, they're, they're trying to quietly, passive aggressively push Colin Kaepernick out of the league. Amidst all that, Malcolm Jenkins raises his fist in a hard-boiled sports town where he could have gotten a lot of heat. But Chris Long, a white guy, comes over and puts his arm around, puts his arm around him, and everybody said, "This is going to ruin what what chance?" They're worried about other stuff, not winning football games. You win the Super Bowl. I think it's one of the great deeds. I know it was a spur of the moment kind of a thing, and 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 everything else. And you'll be dismissive or modest about it. I think it's one of the great noble deeds on a sports field this millennium. I hail you for it. I do sincerely. I think it's great. I think it's really a great move. Malcolm Jenkins would have, could have been hung out to dry if he would have been left alone, but instead 56 comes in and makes it all right. Well, you know what? Malcolm and I have a really cool relationship because of that. And that's one thing. I mean, like I'm certainly proud of whatever we did, but I'm also, I'm appreciative of kind of the relationship that's formed there. I mean, like, you know, when I see Malk and I don't see him that much, it's, hey, I love you, man. You know, that's and that to me is team sports. You know, you said mm-hmm. being a teammate. I mean, like to me, that's team sports is having each other's back. And um, and that's the one thing that sitting here retired and, you know, I'm always like, hey, fuck, I don't want to be playing football, making jokes about sitting in my chair instead of being a two a days and all that stuff. But the one thing you do miss, I mean, other than the rush of game day is you know, that brotherhood. And so like we, we all got closer as a result of that year. And it just so happened that we were able to win. It's funny because I've talked to Malcolm Jenkins and he doesn't like you that much, but yeah, yeah, he, he did appreciate <laughs> doing that in the moment. But anyway, that's, that's water under the bridge. That's my day. Yeah. You go from St. Louis and those, those terrible, inexplicable uniforms. I don't know why the, 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 the metallic Notre Dame gold. Then they make them even worse by white pants. What the hell are you doing? And they're terrible. You wear the Philly one's pretty good. The Patriots one isn't good. We can argue about that. You're wrong. The blue jersey is not bad, but the white jersey with the blue pants is terrible. Yeah. And don't try yeah. and defend it. Is there a uniform in the NFL that if you were a free agent, that you would be like too ugly. I, I can't wear it. I, I oh, like, yeah. it, the numbers are, cl- I, I could make a hundred thousand dollars extra if I sign there, but their uniforms are so bad. I can't do it. So that's a great question. And when I was a free agent, I did look at that. It wasn't the primary like focus. Uh, but if you're not some brick shit house of a human being, who's running a four, four and looks great in your Jersey, like you really do have to look and see, you know, project what you might look like in that uniform. Uh, as I go through it, uh, man, that's a great question. That's a great question. The Jag, especially if you had to wear the two-tone Jags, that would have been. Yeah, no, the Jags are, the Jags are not great. It's funny. I'm like going back to look. I don't like the new Patriots uniforms. 
Like I'm really not a fan of those. The new, like, the like the last couple years ones. Yeah, the last couple years. I'm not a fan of those. The Atlanta oh, uniforms are hideous. Uh, the the to me, the ones that kind of look like circus uniforms. They yes. had Matt Ryan out there looking like a, like a jester. Uh, you know, uh, those are pretty hideous. Um, Go have some dignity. You're an NFL team. You don't have to put the name of your team on the on the pants for Christ's sakes. I you don't have to write ATL on the thing. Like we know who you are. We we, we, we yeah we know exactly who you are. I'm, there are only thirty two of you. I'm I'm going down the list. Okay, the, I'm going to put the Patriots on the no fly zone. Uh, gosh, there's not that many just god awful ones after so. What do you think about the commanders? I don't think I'd look good in purple, dude. I mean, see, I never really noticed until in the last few years. That is maroon or burgundy or whatever you want to call it. It's purple. And that's what they wear. They wear purple. Like Texas A&M wears purple. That's what that color is. The Aggies wear you're saying that the Aggies wear purple? I, I'm sorry. I'm just going down the list. I'm looking at oh, the Oh, you're Vikings. looking at the Vikes? I'm looking at the Vikings and saying, I don't think I could wear purple. You know what? To be honest. I don't think it's that bad. I think that. I, I don't think the Saints get enough criticism. Really? Why so? I just think, like, you can't just roll the ball out there and be like, hey, look at our black uniforms anymore. Mm-hmm. That was like 2003 where you could just, I remember my high school in the early 2000s, we got black uniforms. We were like, oh, this is cool. Um now I know the Saints have always had black in their in their in their in their arsenal, but you know you notice how everybody's like just kind of look at all these helmets this year. Everybody's trying to do the black helmet it's, thing. It's it's pathetic. Was the helmets are around? huge. They're batting like four hundred on the helmets, dude. Where's your honor? Black has been claimed a number of times already. Do something else. Try something anything else. different. So- Honestly, you know, not to give you a non-answer, but I, I, I think, uh, I think there's a couple pretty bad ones. The the old Bucks uniforms with the the alarm clock numbers, no chance I would have played for Tampa. Good Absolutely for no you. chance. Not that hey. they would have wanted me, but no chance, dude. You know what? I just thought of it. If it weren't for Tom Brady, then pulling off the rally against the Jags. Then the Jags go to the Super Bowl in 2017 in the two-tone helmets. And then they beat the Philadelphia Eagles. And then they can't get rid of the two-tone helmets. They can't get rid of them. And we're still stuck with those forever. So thank you, Tom Brady. That's something else you owe. Well, thank you, officials. Well, more so thank you, the Eagles, because we would have, we would have beat them 13-7. But, but, uh, (laughs) you and I go back and forth on this thing. But, but it was the fumble um, that they they called down. Uh, That's right. That the Jags. I mean, they would have won that game. I can remember watching that. So, I mean, damn! Can you imagine revisionist history? Had they won the Super Bowl, we'd be dealing with a bunch of spray paint looking helmets. What a what a hideous uh, uniform matchup that would have been! That dark green Eagles against the against the two tone and the teal. And we're the going back to Kelly that. Green. Vomitous. We're going back. We're going back to Kelly Green soon, man. I know. Thank Christ. Thank Christ. It's, I don't know what the delay's been. All right. Last question. Yeah. And I'm bummed because Eddie Spaghetti's here. He's chomping at the bit to talk to his guy, Chris Long, about, about uh, MMJ and Pearl Jam and the chili peppers and all the rest of it. But I have another one more uniform question for yeah. you. I've been thinking about this. You, you ask about the commies. I can't believe in an age where everything is marketed and researched and, and focus grouped and everything else, that 
a baseball team. I don't know how much money they spent, but hundreds of thousands of dollars, no doubt, to figure, well, we can't be the Indians anymore. That's problematic. What should we do? That they came up with the Guardians. The Guardians of Traffic. That's the name of the baseball team on purpose. And then Washington's like, wait, hold on. We're going with the commies. In, in, in our nation's capital, the commies. I can't believe that those are the two decisions that were it's made. So but bad, I, they, dude. It's so bad. It's almost like the more they think about stuff and the more resources we have, like focus groups, you know, rooms full of people with no taste being like, hmm, I like that. Like, you know, this fucking somebody needs to stand up and be like, that's a bad name. Like nobody. Somebody. Damashek is waiting for the gig. I want it already. I want to be the czar of uniforms. Come on, Roger. That says everything you need to know about like the lack of communication and honesty in corporate America. That's why an NFL locker room is sacred because you can be honest with people. You know, if we were, you know, if if I was tasked with thinking of a a mascot or a uniform, like that would have never got to, to, to the press, dude. The Commanders was a bad name, right? Like the players, Taylor Heineke uh, was on Bustin' with the Boys. Shout out to Will and Taylor. Uh, But he was talking about, he was like, that's not a great name. I'm like, you got players on the team who aren't afraid to say it. Look at the elephant in the room, so big. Um, The the elephants in the room would have been a better name. The elephants in the room, Washington elephants in the room. Although then it would have been, yeah, 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 yeah. People would have said it was political. But um, so, so uh, Tommy's kind of is too, right? Yeah, I guess Cleveland, they had so many opportunities there with rock and roll, with the big ass lake there. They could have been like, uh, it could have been a lake themed kind of, it just was bad, dude. It was the Guardians is bad. The eerie monsters. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, minor league teams got it figured out. Have some fucking fun. It makes no sense. All right, so it brings me to this question. And by the way, the commies, along with the insult of the name, add uh, a little injury to it with black uniforms, too. That, that's yeah. what, with the maroon hat, now they're going to wear black? You, oh, it's going to be vomitous. Now. I'm, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to withhold my disdain until I see them in action. That's how you have to do it. That's right. I think that's the, the, the smart play. My question for you is, what city, what sports town has the worst uniforms? I can tell you the best. I've considered it. Pittsburgh is hard to argue with because all three teams wear black and gold, yeah, and that's pretty yeah. goddamn cool. Yeah. And that's not yeah. me being a homer. That's just playing yeah. cool. And then Pitt football on top of it with the cool royal blue and gold. Chicago's are great collectively, and Detroit deserves a shout-out as well. But that's not my question. What is the worst city for uniforms? It's a great question. Um, you know, the- I'm looking at New Orleans a little because of the Pelicans, and you know I, I don't I think like the, the Pelicans. You like? By the, the Pel- way, with the Saints, you know what's wrong with their uniforms is that what? the gold doesn't match. The gold on the hat doesn't match the gold on the collar, which doesn't mm-hmm. match the gold in the numbers. That's their problem. That's good. That's good. I would have to look back there. So you pick up all this little stuff, man. Mm-hmm. I don't. Uh, you know, like if you look at golly. You mentioned Cleveland and the Guardians, but they have the Browns, and I like their uniforms. You know, so it's it's really hard to figure who's got front to back the worst uniforms. What's yours? I want you to consider these. These are the ones I've okay. I've scratched I'm out. Right now. You wouldn't really think about, but Denver is in a bad spot. Those ones I wear with the orange jerseys and the Peyton 
mm-hmm. hat, you know, with the one they've worn since Terrell mm-hmm. Davis, basically. But with the orange jersey is worse than the navy jersey, but the nerve navy jersey ain't good either. They should go mm-hmm. back to the Elway ones. Anyway, the, the Broncos uniforms stink. The Avalanche uniforms stink. I think we kibitzed about this on text yes. message. Yes. They're trying too hard. You can see yeah. the effort in there, and I, I, I don't like it, and the color scheme is lousy to boot. The Rockies, purple and black. Eh. And then the Nuggets are okay, but not great. I think the Nuggets the make Nuggets are They're awful the only ones that are me. so-so. Okay, so I, I think the Nugget, Nuggets are awful. I think Colorado can do a lot with purple and black, but the font is just so yeah. Like, Blah, um, like you know, we're cutting the budget on, like you couldn't even. Actually, you know what? The new font's not that bad. I, I, I'm with you though. Denver front to back's not great. Hit me with another one. Another one that I really don't like is Tampa. The Buccaneers still aren't good. They're better than they were five years ago. To your point, but they still Agreed. aren't great uniforms. Agreed. Agreed. The the Rays are meh, nothingness, black hat. Well, you know those zero when at least when it had a manta ray on the thing it was like it was kind of cool Dude, now it's just why do we have to why do we have to like you know we couldn't separate church and state with that we had to drop the devil off the devil rays it, it really is the best it's it's funnier to me than even you're you may be too young but the washington bullets were a thing yes. on an nba title and then they're like yeah. hey we don't want to encourage gunplay as yes. though people in dc who watch basketball didn't have a gun, but then they thought like, hey, my favorite basketball team is named. Got to turn this so one in. <laughs> Got to turn this one in now. The I'm devil race. What I the play, hell? Bro, the I Satanists. Play Mario Kart. I play Mario Kart with my kid. If you're in like last place, you get a bullet. Like the bullet goes fast. Like it's, it's <laughs> so stupid. You know, I think there's worse things going on in Florida than the devil rays, right? Well, I'll tell you one of them, the lightning, their terrible name that doesn't end in S. And then they're wearing the Toronto Maple Leafs uniforms and lightning, no one's calling them out on it. It's lightning, crazy. Lightning kill, lightning kills way more people than devil rays. And, and, yes. and the devil. show me one person the devil's killed. Prove it. You can't. Wow. Theology to close it out here. What a range of conversation here. I've held you up way too long. Well, anytime you want to talk about music, you know where to to call us. Me and Eddie Spaghetti are ready. My dog, Eddie. My dog, Eddie. Yeah, he well, he's he's upset, though, because Pearl Jam has been diminished in 2022 by the fates. Right, Spaghetti? They aren't their shows are getting canceled, this, that and the other. Yeah, they well, they had a couple cancellations in Europe due to the fires in Paris, and then uh, COVID got them on the U.S. tour. So I lost out on the Vegas show, but I can't complain. I've had a very good and still have a couple upcoming sh- uh, shows, so I'm having a pretty good music year this year. So no complaints. I have not had a good music year. It's got to start now. I'm Why so? You just haven't made. You haven't been in. Uh, I just a haven't venue. been to enough. I haven't been to enough stuff. I haven't. You know, uh, I saw Jacket down at Hangout in uh, in, in uh, South Carolina. Uh, I'm going to try to get to Red Rocks this fall. I get to see Willie Nelson when I go home. I've seen Willie, but I want my kids to see him. Nice. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we'll see where it goes from there. I mean, I, I really need – Eddie, this is a good reminder. I need to get on some tour dates and, and plan my fall out. So thank you. It's very funny. I was thinking about with Spaghetti, the bands that he vibes to. He loves the Seattle grunge scene and um, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Basically, he likes what what 
my bands were in when 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 I was pretty close to Spaghetti's age. It, it's funny that uh, I guess so because my generation was into the Dead and into yeah. the late '60s vibe, and there were a lot of tie dyes inexplicably in the in the '90s on on the backs of. 19 year olds and now Sorry. spaghetti has is basically doing the same thing i'm really into the title all of a sudden. i'm really into like Are the last really? three four years i would say like there was a time where i was like you know hey i'll never be a deadhead but i've met a couple deadheads and we've talked and they're like no you might qualify so i'm really into it now Big Cat's a, a big deadhead. Yeah, I saw them a handful of times, too. And I, I, like we talked about, the thing, the rhetoric goes for people who love to tour around with the dead was like, well, their studio albums aren't worth it. It's the live shows. But I push back on that. American Beauty is great. Um, Working Man's Dead. Working Man's Dead is exceptional. And Mars Hotel. Those are three great records right there that disprove the idea that the only way to experience the dead was that. But I, you got to say... Love the dead or not, it's it's got to mean something that Jerry Garcia, who just uh, whose birthday just came and went, it's got to matter that if you hear three notes, you know it's Jerry Garcia playing the guitar. I think that's yeah. uh, I don't know who you would say that about about a terrible band. I, I, I maybe there's an example of people be like, oh yeah, that that proves the point that they. That's true. Sound. I mean, there he had, you know, they. Their instruments had like a personality. You could definitely tell it was them. I mean, that's a really good point. I, I would have to think who's the other person that I just know. Like when Jimi Hendrix, you know, plays a note, I feel like I know it's Jimi Hendrix. But um, yeah, well, the no. Doors. When you hear because you hear Manzarek's organ, so you immediately know that's the Doors. And a lot mm -hmm. of people aren't fans of theirs. I think they're a little. I think. I think the 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 hipsters have beaten them up a little bit too much. Okay, Jim Morrison was was pretentious, but the music has a vibe to it. I like it. You know whose voice I can't get. You know that reminded me because the Doors. Like if Jim Morrison is a little bit of a barrier to entry with the Doors uh, for some people, like Mark Knopfler. Um, I'm just not a big fan of his voice, but he's a hell of a guitar player. Oh man, making movies uh, that is a is a is a really, really great record. If you have not heard uh, Mark Knopfler and company, Dire Straits, making movies is a is a real gem. Um, all right, listen, we've held you too long. Spaghetti, yeah, final yeah. thoughts, anything you want to uh, get in front of Chris Long here music-wise? Music, well, I mean, uh, t t less than two weeks going to see my morning jacket in uh, Hollywood Forever. VIP, early entry, uh, GA, so I'm very excited for that. Uh, I haven't seen him in a year, so it's going to be awesome. Really? They're playing at Hollywood yeah. at the cemetery? Cemetery, yeah. It's going to be spooky. Holy hell, yeah. that's great. I didn't know about yeah. that. Damn, Eddie. Yeah, looking forward to that one. Pack some vegetables, Eddie. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. I saw him a year ago at Ohana. Uh they played an extended set. Uh I was front row for that with my brother, and they were, I mean, uh as as good as I've ever seen them. Love the two newest albums. So I mean they could play whatever they sell us. I mean, they're they're the best because obviously you know Chris. They change it up constantly. The extended yeah. jams. Uh it's been a big, you know, year for them with touring and stuff. So I I'm really excited for this one. Yeah, they're they're rolling, they're firing on all cylinders. I'm psyched. All right, football's almost here. 
Chris Long's going to be on a music tour. Maybe it'll cross over with uh, your yeah. favorite football team playing. You'll see him out and about. In the meantime, green light is the way to go. Big time guests, football and otherwise. Yap and astronauts, so on and so forth. It really is gangbuster stuff. We love to see the success for Thank this guy. Up. He's one of the guys who... About five years ago, I was like, that guy's going to be a star in the media if he chooses to be, and so he is. It was an easy prediction to make. Uh, we appreciate you carving out the time for us, Pally. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate the kind words always. And I will do that exercise of worst sports city uniforms. Okay. Credit you, and 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 I will say, Dave Damashek, this is his brainchild, but I owe you an answer. I will give it on green light. Okay. That's reason enough to subscribe right there. <laughs> <laughs> You're really drawn in the nerd crowd with that one. There we go. If you like uniforms, check us out. Well, the, well guess what? The, the, what I did to, to be contentious about it, I haven't, I didn't open the can of worms, is uh, to not, I'm not trying to get Spaghetti's Goat here, but I was thinking, like, it's a little unfair if you have multiple teams in the same sport because you get a couple bites at the same apple, but like, in L.A., I kept it the Chargers, Dodgers, Lakers, Kings. So the Rams don't count, yeah. and the Halos don't count, and the yeah. Clippers don't count, which is good because the those that collection is bad. But L.A. has good ones. Damn. But then Spaghetti would say that New York has good ones, but only if you go Yankees, Giants, Islanders, Nets, because right. the Rangers uniforms are fine, but they're not exceptional. They're pretty. Take a hard look at Cincinnati. All right, as good or bad. You decide. I'm going to say good. At least okay. the Bengals ones are jazzed up at least. I got to look closer. I got to look closer. The red legs look good. Those are those are hard to impugn. That's nice. That red with the white, simple and clean. Yeah. All right, Chris Long. You're the tops, pal. See you, brother. All right, enough spaghetti. I think we've said it all, right? We'll let it go here. No, I'm not letting this. What do you mean the Rangers jerseys aren't good and the Islanders? Island, They're good. The Islanders jerseys, they've went through multiple different varieties. And they they changed the shade of blue. They have the uh, – they, well, they had, they had yeah. the fishermen. The Rangers never had bad uniform. I mean, the iconic, like the diagonal Rangers that your Penguins stole. So that was dirty done. And then when they make an alternate, it's an alternate the entire hockey – you know, nation and I'll include Canada too. They, the Statue of Liberty is iconic when they went. I like the Navy it, Blue but Ra that's oh, not, you on. can't claim that as your uniform. Your uniform is the rain. That's fine. The Broadway diagonal. blue shirts. It's a, it's a classic uniform. I mean, I love it. They keep their, you know, they still have the, the, the hockey ties up on the top. The color scheme is right, white, and like blue. That. Okay, it's it's a it's a fantastic. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that if I can, if I have to keep it to four uniforms per city, because it's kind of unfair to say like, oh, well, New York has the Mets and the Knickerbockers and that. Well, then they have a ton of different uniforms I, to choose from. I'm saying the Islanders right now are better than the Rangers. I would say I don't agree with that in the least. I would, The one I'll concede on is I don't think I think when you'll fight back this because it's not their main uniform. But when the Nets go with that, their version of the red, white, and blue, that is far superior to anything the Knicks could put out there. The Knicks have struggled with their alternates and stuff lately, uh, and it's fine. The the regular blue, orange, white, like you know, same as the Mets color, same as the Owls colors. But the Nets alternate they they've worn this year, I think, is a very very strong one of the best in the NBA. Uh, obviously, back from the ABA days when they used to wear that Dr. J and stuff. But I I think I mean you can't go wrong. The Giants are classic. Yeah, I mean the Yankees obviously pinstripes. Come on, and then the Rangers I love. Uh, it's unique. So, I, I, I love the pinstripes, but even more, I think, if I had to choose one or the other, I like the road, the grays. They're navy. They're like 
you don't like it, F you. It seems so New york -y. It's like, we're not going to try because we don't have to. All we're going to do is show up, and on our chest is all you need to know. New York. That's who we are. I like I like the attitude of those uh, of those road getups. I'm just I'm, I'm just saying the Islanders have great uniforms. I hate the Islanders more than I hate the Rangers, but they have better uniforms I think than the Rangers do. Um, and I do love the unbalanced old nets where the stripes are vertical just on the one side. Those are cool looking um, getups. But listen, Gangbusters episode with uh, with Chris Long. We thank him for carving out the time to join us on a newsy football day. We'll be back in just a couple more days from now with Kevin Hench on minus three. In the meantime, make sure you're checking out Extra Points with me and Cousin Sal and Marty Weiss and all the other great shows here on the Extra Points Network. Like I say, we'll be back in just a couple of days then. Um, until then, for Eddie Spaghetti and Chris Long and everybody else at, uh, at Extra Points, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.